0: It's totally fine because the girl sat down and I look at her, I go, that's called fitness. I said, Katie, you can sit at an aid station, you have time. I don't have time. I'm not like, that's because she has fitness. <laughs> so hard. But it makes, yeah, she's fit enough to sit. Yeah, like, she's, she's I like, 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 I can't fucking waste time in
1: these fucking incumbents. Oh, that's so funny. Welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Woman podcast. We have an awesome one for you guys today. So today's episode is brought to us by Gooder Sunglasses. So please go to gooder.com backslash TRW to check out some of my favorite pairs. And yes, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, we are in the holiday season. And if you have a runner on your list, this is the absolute perfect gift because they are $25. They are not expensive, but they look expensive and they look awesome. And the quality is fantastic. So if you know anybody that golfs, that runs that plays soccer that drives a car this is the gift for them because they're polarized they fit amazing you can get whatever lens looks amazing on your face is super fun and unique this is a unique gift and it is the thought that counts and you can say I thought about you going for your run and I know that you wanted to look the part here are your sunglasses so if you use discount code TRW you're gonna get free shipping So the discount code is TRW, and that gets you free shipping on just one pair. So again, circle back to the gift giving. If you just want one pair, you can still get an amazing deal by not paying for shipping. So discount code TRW. Go check those out now. If you've been around for a while, or if you're new, it's easy to go back and see that we have Trail Tips episodes where I am joined with my lovely co-host Tori Schultz, and we answer listener questions on running and life and running and all those sorts of things and she just finished Wham 100. So this episode we get to go through her race and we talk a lot about how it feels after a race and the come down and then just the emotional roller coaster that was this race. Now for clarification if if you've been listening to some of the recent recaps Katie and I ran the 100k as well as our friend Tara which we also referred to as Wham 100. So uh, just to be Less confusing, Tori ran the hundred mile. So different race, same weekend. Our courses did cross paths, which was kind of cool. Tori's race had over nine thousand meters of up and down, or thirty thousand feet, which is bananas. Uh, a mixture of technical and a little bit of more runnable stuff, which she gets to was the end of her race, so she didn't even get to enjoy it because it was a straight shit show by that point for, her. and. She came out on top as the number one female so it was really fun to hear about her kind of journey back from injury and how this went and how special it ended up being that all of her friends were there for her. So I think you guys are really going to love this episode. A few things you can do to support the show. This might be 190. We are really going through this and I still have so many people I want to talk to. Um, so if you're looking for a backlog if you're new and you want to Binge Through Episodes, they're on Patreon and you can join that for as little as two bucks a month to support the show. So find that by searching Trail Running Women in Patreon or at my Instagram is hillsport55 and you can find the link there and you can also find a link to my website for coaching um, and anything else that you might find interesting or just reach out and say hello. And you can also find pictures of this epic race that was by Coast Mountain Trail Series. There's lots of amazing ones and the mountains up here are so gnarly and so climbing, so much climbing that it is uh, a load of fun. So is there anything else? Yes. If you haven't left us a rating and review in whatever way you listen to the show and want to hit that five-star button, that's super helpful. And please keep sending your guest ideas. Sometimes if you send them, it will be a few months before that person actually comes out because, uh, Now that the show is big enough, I am getting an influx of ideas from people, and I do want to get to everybody. Luckily, their stories are not going anywhere, so we will. So don't worry. If it uh, doesn't happen overnight, it will happen eventually. Keep sending me stories if you listen to the show and it has inspired you to tackle a new distance or a new pace or even start your first run, because that's so cool that the goal of the show is working. Stoked on that. So send those in. And that's all I'll say for now. I will not blab on too much because Tori will blab on. This is, she keeps asking me halfway through the episode, like, are you going to interject? And I'm like, when, dude? You didn't take a single breath. So this is a brain dump race recap, but it's super fun. And there's a lot of laughs and you can tell how excited she is. And uh, make sure that you go over to her and say congrats. Okay, that's it.
0: See you later. Here's Tori.
1: I'm recording. It's too late.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, no. Okay. So the
1: last we talked, we did a shortened version of Trail Tips, and you were like, maybe I'll jump into Wham, maybe, I don't know. We are now, a couple weeks later, well, about a month, and we've been to Europe, we're back, you did Wham, you won Wham, and now we're going to talk about it.
0: Tori. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you well, also won Wham, besides Katie Yeah. <laughs> <radio. laughs> You podium. Um, yeah, that was quite a whirlwind. Um wait, did we record before I went to Europe? So I actually the trail tips will
1: have just come out when we are or comes out this Thursday. And yeah, and we were very tired and very stressed. And I had to, before the episode came out, basically say in the introduction: this is not a normal Tory and Hillary energy. This is major stress of the logistics of your france trip after of me taking a toddler on the airplane we were definitely a little bit nervous so the trip was fantastic and we are back we've now done a race and are flopping around in our
0: recovery time yeah um i said tell her i wouldn't make fun of her recovery time i'm just joking but um Okay, speaking of recovery, though something and not to like start this off as Debbie Downer, but something I actually forgot about that I've been reflecting on all week. I forgot about. I'm not going to call it a post race slump. I want to call it like the like you get this high then the lot la- the next few days after a race, and like you've got those endorphins, and then and then maybe about almost a week later, you're like, I forgot about what that feels like, like the aftermath, because there's also like you get a surge of like dopamine and then all of a sudden you're like, I need my body and my mind, my mind needs to recover. So like eventually I'll like figure out what's next or like a goal and like get excited about things. But I want, it's like this weird, I've been like the last week I've been living in this weird state of embrace the stillness, embrace the rest, like, you know, just be okay with, you know, hunkering down during the fall and like being with the seasons and then also like, not, I'm not doing enough, but just like the feeling of not having that, um, adrenaline and like dopamine response when you know what the next goal is or something. I don't know, even though when well, wasn't really a goal. So I'm not explaining this correctly as I, as No, you time. totally are. I a hundred percent understand that. And they talk a lot about it with, uh, people who do Ironman,
1: especially because that is such a life, like trail runners, I think are more just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this race. But for Ironman, sometimes it has this symbolic thing. That they're looking forward to that's gonna change their life. And they work towards it for a year. And they talk about it with Olympians a lot, where it's four years where everything that you do in your life is for this moment. And then, like, yes, this is a different scale because it was a last minute decision, but you're still gonna have that, like, okay, I had a purpose. And now I have to find what I'm kind of working towards next. And that's why we're like, everything that high like this, you're always chasing the dragon essentially.
0: Right. Yeah. Like I think, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I had it after Iron Man, possibly, but I'm trying to remember if I've had it after other hundred milers or if I've had it after other, like, I think it's just a normal, normal chemical response in your body. Like it's part of being a human, but I actually forgot about this piece of it. And it's not that I'm bad. I'm not in a slump at all, but like I'm just learning how to be better at embracing the stillness and like embracing the, um, just, you know living like a normal person um and doing the things that i need to do with like family and friends and and but it's i know there's research around like the olympian piece that you spoke about and the um i remember talking to someone years ago at like in montana actually that was writing a book about it um about you know the the olympians that after the olympics they get like serious depression i'm not depressed i'm fine but i just forgot about like yeah and also my favorite one of my favorite articles ever was that outside online article that Jen Shelton wrote in 2015 and I wrote like a spinoff of it years later maybe it was earlier than 2015 and it was like the title was something about um running 100 miles is going to make me a better person or maybe I wrote an article like that I don't know I don't remember but basically it was this Jen Shelton at the end of her article said nope I'm still the same piece of shit (laughs) Which is so true. Like, running 100 miles will not make you a better person. Like, we're still the same pieces of shit that we were going into it. Um, it's – and it's funny. Like, I had people message me, like, that may have not known that, like – yeah. Like, I have a little bit – I've done this before. And people are like, oh, my God. Like, did you see God? And, like, kind of joking. Like, did you hallucinate? Like, did you, like, you know, find your truth? And I was like, maybe I did at other races. Um, but, no, not this one. <laughs> like – Pretty weirdly focused, which is weird. Anyway, I'm just ranting right now. No, I
1: totally get it. And on a, like the same thing happens after you've quit or retire from a sport, a university sport. We talk,
0: Oh, we talk, oh we talk. yeah, I could see that for sure. Because that would be your whole life and like the structure of all that training for so many fucking years. And also life as you know it, because you're only that old.
1: Yes, and it is your identity, and every decision you make is based yep. around where does this get me in my hockey career. And so I feel like because I had experienced that and handled it so yeah, yeah, in my yeah. young twenties, that now after a race like this, I get super excited for the change in seasons from an athletic standpoint, and I'm like, these are the goals I have for lifting and for yeah.
0: explosive movements, and I just yeah. get excited about the next thing, and I've found that that is. Made it. No, that's a really good way of looking at it. So before the race, I was started. I started dabbling in, you know, that book, The Uphill Athlete? Yes. Okay. I love how this has become like a serious, like philosophical conversations where I actually have like really funny shit to share. But before we get into like ridiculousness, um, I was reading like, so The Uphill Athlete was like Steve House that wrote it. But like the first version of it is like the climbing version, like from a climbing like mentality. And so, but it's same principles because the same road writer wrote it. And so, but I was reading it a bit before the race and it was, I need to like, learn more about, you know, the whole recovery piece. And, um, his belief system is that, you know, two months off of your, your sport, like your sport of choice kind of thing. And over the years, I probably haven't done that because it's hard for me to switch the mental thing and like switch gears. And probably in, if I had more like cycling friends in loloat like I'd probably be on the bike every day, but not super motivated by the bike and so and I can tell I'm just a little bit mentally tired this week still um so I've been jogging a bit and doing like my trail back my house but just doing it super chill and like walking things and uh, mostly just because I need the physical and the mental recovery and like just being okay with that but it's it's a total shift in practice you know being like okay I need to like mentally shut off for a couple months whether that's working on explosive movements or whether that's working on Opening my hip flexors, or whether that's working on my PhD or whatever, but or just nothingness. Um, but I I find the switching on and off quite hard.
1: Yeah, I find changing
0: gears, the changing gears is what I mean. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, so I find the like, oh yeah, I have to embrace the rest. It's not like I don't jive that super well. So if I can focus on something different, that is it's a different mm-hmm. energy system. Mm-hmm. And 100K is different from 100 miles. Like it is
0: definitely easier to recover from. It's, it is, but it's, it is all, yeah. Like, you know, you guys didn't go through the whole night, even though you probably got no sleep. And also, the thing is, someone told me, and I think it's really important for me to remind myself, like, I just remind myself these single the time that like, you're actually not necessarily recovering from the event. You're recovering from the, the, um, periods of training you had leading up to it so I'm a bad example because I've been managing injuries for most of the last couple years but for you for example like you had a really awesome structure and build towards this like obviously it's not linear and perfect but you know even just the structure of that like you're recovering from that build not just the race you know
1: yeah and I actually did a bigger taper for that reason and felt like I went into the race like the biggest taper I've ever done but I had knee issues that I had to completely let <sighs> settle yeah. and it yeah. really worked and I finished the race feeling like okay like I'm not in a super bad place here I mean I was stomach wise and I we can get into that sort of stuff but from a training aspect I went into the race like a hundred percent recovered from
0: yeah the- yeah that's That's really cool. Yeah. And even now, like my knee wasn't bugging me the whole time. And then yesterday I did like a five mile shuffle and I don't really have mentally more than five miles in me these days, but I was like, and my knee's not great. And like, and I'm like proud of myself to be like, yep, I'm jogging four or five miles to coffee and like, that's it. And like, yeah, it's just, for me, it's just getting better at accepting like the shift. Like it's, it's all good. It's just, it's just, um, every time I always forget about it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it is challenging.
1: And it is when, like, you have to do something with your mind. Because it
0: yeah. like, I think it's almost the right, wrong word, but it's kind of the right yeah. word, too. Well, it's also, like, we get our biggest joy out of doing this dumb shit. And so, and there of course there's joy in so many other things of life, for sure. But the most joy, like, if we scale it, our highest joy is from this hobby. So then... We can find other joy for sure, but it's just a different kind of joy.
1: <laughs> just less good joy. Less good joy! Oh my god, I'm such a fucking Debbie Downer right now. Anyway, let, me, let me try and make this positive. I'm depressed. I mean, just you know, less good
0: joy. I, I think it's less good. Joy is less good. Anyway, no, the joy is great. It's amazing. Honestly, the last two weeks have been super, like, lovely just to chill. And, like, my focus in the first week after the race was... Honestly, as few, I think of Katie, as few steps as possible, and honestly, like eating as much as I possibly can in the first six days after the race. Like I'm not even kidding. I was like, "There's not enough hours in the day for me to get these calories." Talk about your race. So it's been four four years, correct, since you towed the line of a start line racer thing. It's been four years since a hundred miler. It's been three years since a race. So, um, but I mean, someone said to me, "Covid kind of took away two years." So technically it's been two years since 100 miler, which isn't that bad. Totally. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the last one, I actually think ironically was bear 100. And we just started talking about doing a podcast on your ride home from that.
0: Oh, I remember that. Cause I was cat sitting in Squamish Valley, Michelle mm-hmm. Ford's parents. And I remember I was on a walk with a walk or maybe a walk in Squamish Valley. And I, we had like our first phone call it was like October, 2018, I think. Fucking time flies. Jesus. So yeah, I've been injured ever since. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So do we, okay. So I'll just back up. Cause I'll just say this story. I guess this is why people like write blogs. Cause like I've been having like these amazing phone conversations with like friends, which I like, like I like sharing that way with like, let's go for coffee and like, rather than like unsocial, like nothing against social. I just like, I like having those conversations, but then I found myself, oh, like I'm people are really asking and I'm really repeating it and I was like this is why social media can be helpful <laughs> anyway um yeah so I guess when we talked before Katie's wedding the trip to Europe um yeah so I had basically so really backtrack like last year I planned because i had been in Colorado in a bunch of years so I would planned to go with Becky to go to Colorado because I've been injured and do trail work to get the hard rock ticket because I was like oh I can just get back in the game and get my ticket and not race. Cause I don't, I'm not really trusting what's going on with my body. And then I ended up moving, um, in May slash June. And then I was like, well, I'm starting a life with someone. I'm not just gonna be like, see, yeah, I'm off to Colorado for three weeks. So I was like, okay, my adrenals needed to calm down and like be present and like be in this new community I was with and obviously hang out with the person <laughs> living with. And, um, So then I didn't go to Colorado and then getting kind of FOMO like getting and then my friend Caleb who does the high lonesome hundred miler was texting me like you can come down if you want a last minute race and I was like feeling pretty fit and I was like trying to make all these last minute plans to get a ticket like in July and wanting to play on 14 ers with Becky and kicking myself that I didn't go because I it's been so many years since I've gone to Colorado in the summer. Anyway. So then Katie's trip to Europe comes around. I had the plan to do the TMB route with really good friends from Courtney after the wedding. So after the UK, we, I flew to Geneva to meet friends in Germany. So basically before August, I was like, I don't want to do like 100 a hundred mile week and have it be like a shock to my system. So I started just gradually building up mileage, you know, and having consistent hundred K weeks with like a, a down week every third week and just just being really cautious about things. And I think the dry air in White was helpful for like my old joints now. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then do, you know, play around in the Alps, which is super rad. Got to actually see Becky before her TDS race, which was also amazing. And then I get back from Europe. I'm obviously exhausted, but, I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get the trail work ticket. I haven't got a ticket. And I'm basically, if I look back at the last four months, I've been training for Hunter hundred miler and I should just get a ticket. Do you want to like cut me off because I've been ranting for a bit now? No, I'm totally into your story. Just go with okay. it. So I get back and um, I had a big recovery week and, and, but I'm like, okay. Asking my sister, like, cause I was like, Oh, I'll do, I'm tough. Or I'll do one run rabbit run or and um, I made that joke to be like, oh, if Nicola toes the line at Wham, like I'll do that one too. And then Nicola didn't want to do that. And then, um, so we get home, and I'm like, Katie's like, I'll come to Run Rabbit with you in Colorado after Wham. And I was like, sweet. Like, and so I started looking at trips to Run Rabbit for the weekend of September 16th, and I started pricing it. And I was like, it's going to be like three grand for her flight, my flight. Like the cheapest we can go is kind of three grand all in. And then I was like, okay, hey, I'll drive to. Idaho and do I'm tough and my sister said she might come with me to crew and that's fine though so I'm tough was the same weekend as Wham anyway Danny and like friends and Katie are just basically like or just do the one in Whistler that's two hours from you that your sister and your dad and like your friends are doing and my partner Danny's been working like this is his busy season so he was kind of like why are you looking for trips everywhere else and you just got home from a trip And also I can't go to any of these trips to see a race. If you do one, like he was kind of like, I want to see what this is all like. I want to see this part of you that I've never seen. Like I, so um, basically Danny and Katie got my head out of my asshole and I was like, I signed up super last minute for Wham. Um, That was the first thing that Gary said when I crossed the finish line was like, you were the last entry and I'm like, yeah, I'm an asshole. And Anyway, so yeah, just my sister, it was super adorable because my sister that um, works in Whistler and lives in Whistler, she was like 100% like crew boss and it was just adorable seeing her like not in her element but also just like super excited to be involved and like that was so exciting and her and Danny were amazing and the cool thing about, you know, me getting my head out of my butt and doing something local was that. I don't know. You just get reminded of like, oh, this is why I like this community. And like, this is kind of why this, this community is really incredible because I literally told a couple of friends and the next thing I knew I had my phone blowing up and people being like, I'm not even going to volunteer. I didn't going to cancel my volunteer. And like, what do you need? And like, I'm going to come up from this day, blah, 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 blah. Like I'm going to do this for you. And like, okay, I've seen, and everyone was like literally asking to crew and beg me to like support and like, you know, getting Carly's number to everyone. And it was pretty phenomenal like that in a drop of a hat, people were like just stoked for, for, to see someone, to see, to support someone and like see someone on a start line. Like, and I'm so excited for all of you guys. Cause you put such amazing training and like consistent training into this. So yeah, it was, and, and Katie was, as Katie is like pretty instrumental because you know, a couple days before I decided to sign up, you know, she's going through the course map with me. And I'm like, I don't want to pay for things that I've done. Like, I'm lucky enough to be have run those trails and routes and mountains so many times and skied them. And and she's like, I she's going through each mile with me on the phone over the map. And she was like, okay, I think you will really like this part because you've done this. And like, you like this part of this mountain. And like, this is the, another part you're like, oh, and then you'll be here in the night. And she just framed it in a way that was like, you know, I think you're going to find it's worth registering for this because it's going to be a new experience for you racing something familiar, because I usually go into races quite blind of the course. And so it was actually a new experience doing something familiar, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, for sure. And I had a conversation with her too, about being kind of nervous. And she's like, Oh, it'll be so great. You'll just never know what mountain you're on. (laughs) And I'm like, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. (laughs) Like when you don't know the route, you mean? No, because remember every time we're on Whistler, I'm like, this is Blackcomb, right? And people are like, no. You idiot. We're on Blackcomb. I'm like, right, right, right. Whistler?
0: cypress. It was like one of the first times where like I'm racing and I'm actually like having these meeting people and having these conversations and feeling like I'm in the know, whereas like pretty much most of the time I'll pay for a race. And I'll be like, so like, where's the aid station? And like, you know, I think of like Bruce at the bear. That's like, you think you're getting so 24 hours, you better hustle. I'm like, fuck you, Bruce. I've got Cat Bradley splits on my arm. <laughs> like, but yeah, like it was kind of cool. And there was people that, you know, weren't from there and they were asking me questions and it was actually, I never, I always thought I would, you know, you can get too much in your head, knowing the route to be like, Oh fuck now I gotta do this climb. And like, now this is going to be technical. And Like, but I actually was in a really pot, really healthy headspace the whole time. And the next day at brunch, it was like Christmas with all us getting together after the race for brunch. That was like amazing. Tara Holland said the most thing she's proud of herself was she never went to like that really negative place. And I, I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so proud of us. Like I actually didn't. And so That was really cool to like have, you know, 30 hours where, well, um, maybe the last five hours is wanting to call Danny and cry. But other than that.
1: For sure. And I think I understood your fear with local races too, where I as well, like the incognito part where you can then just have expectations for yourself, but nobody even has to know that you're there or doing the run. And then that way there's no pressure at all because you're like, oh, if I just walk off the course at 50K, no one even knows I went here.
0: Um, like I go to an unknown town, get my fucking hard rock ticket and call it a day. Like, not that I'm saying it's just that easy, but I'm just saying like, I don't have to tell anyone. I don't. And I would get in trouble over the years. Like I remember friends like Tara Holland would be like, can you stop not telling us that you're doing a race? That would be great. Like, (laughs) it's like, and it's not, it's just because I, yeah, running is very personal to a lot of us and I, I just find it, it is very personal to me and, um, and You know, I still I'm trying to navigate what my relationship is with social media and running and racing, but that's another conversation. But um, it was quite a it was quite a wonderful experience. And honestly, like having Jeff Grant even drive up from North Van to see me in the middle of the night because he was just couldn't believe I was fucking doing this shit. And then um, my sister didn't sleep. Danny came after work on Friday, didn't sleep. And all of a sudden I roll into the 105K aid station and I've got my sister who had been there for the 65K aid station, the same one before, but Danny's there. My sister's there. My dad and his dog are there. My dad's never seen me in like that situation before. It was midnight. Um, Jeff's there. And so Jeff and Danny are like tag teaming crew and Carly's like, what? You guys are, you guys know all the things. And like, it was honestly, my dad's like shoving pizza in my (laughs) mouth. I was just like, it was just the most magical memory like
1: yeah okay so that's the thing is it is more stressful but it's also more rewarding because then you're sharing this experience with these people so, and yeah the aftermath is like that brunch if you had gone and snuck off and done a race and come back and wanted to tell us about it, it's not the same because people aren't living it with you yeah. so yeah it's terrifying because you feel like you're kind of putting yourself on the line but at the same yeah. time higher stakes higher reward um, so it was really fun to kind of see you relax after the race too, and realize like,
0: it's okay. Like no matter what happens, it's okay. Like,
1: yeah. Like everybody came to support you, whether or not you won finished came in last either way, yeah. you would have had the same community around you. And you could kind of see that, like you realize that people weren't like validating you by your speed and they were just yeah. there for you either way, yeah. which was kind of cool, I think. And it's like, it's funny. Cause it's easy to know that from an outside perspective, but to like actually believe it in your like heart of hearts is a different thing. So that was fun.
0: And feel it too. Cause it's interesting where that's a really good way of saying it, Hillary, And like, also like, I get so excited for my friends and what they're doing, whether it's local or not local or whatever, like, you know, and I was like, for some reason it's like, it's like part of me, like you've got this, like, voice in your head to be like oh why are they giving me this attention and support like what did I do and you're like well no you get just as excited for them like why is it so hard for you to like believe you know what I mean okay I guess I'll I'll do some chronological storytelling I guess so because I'm all over the map um okay so Katie got my head in my ass Danny was working so Carly became crew boss which is amazing um people you know texting me I'm trying to figure out where certain people would be volunteering and then giving them Carly's phone number Carly's like, all your friends are texting me. This is hilarious. Like Kim Magnus, Pargall, like anyway, it was amazing. Um, Jeff. So um, yeah, so I go to Katie's room. I split their hotel room from like the Wednesday to the Sunday. So I'd leave on Wednesday after work. Um, we go get us some donuts from the Cheese Pusher Man in Pemberton. Highly unplugging them. They're amazing. And then I go yeah, work from the hotel on Thursday, Friday morning. Oh my God. So Katie and Carly are so funny. Katie needs to sleep and rest, but Katie kind of forgot she was doing this race and was kind of entertaining some friends in Whistler. And then she was like, I want to drive you to your race. Tell Carly she can have a, a lion. And I was like, well, you have to race the next day. So no, Carly is going to drive me at like six, whatever in the morning. And she's like, no. So the two of them are freaking fighting over driving me at stupid o'clock in the morning on the Friday. And I was like, what are you guys doing? It was like the So adorable. So the three of us go. Carly gets the guy in the cafe to, like, start his shift early and make me a coffee, even though Katie and I had organized to get coffee, like, because the cafe wasn't open. Anyway, just, like, everyone's doing all these really sweet things for me. And we go to the start. And then we get to the start. And Carly goes, Katie's, like, famous. (laughs) Because it's, like, she's got Trail Lab. And she works for the race and does the website. And, like, and then so people... Um, Katie's going around saying hi to everyone, and Carly's just like a deer in headlights. And I'm waiting for the the loo, and Katie just knows everyone, or everyone knows Katie. And then Carly goes, "Do people call Sam the Dragon?" And I was like, "What?" Because everyone's saying congratulations, and then they're also saying congratulations for dragons back. And my sister was so confused, and basically, like Carly thought they were congratulating her for marrying the dragon, which I thought was a really funny thing. <laughs> Anyway, people that don't understand what I'm talking about, Katie slaughtered dragons back in Wales the year before she got married. And then people at the race start were just congratulating her for all the things. Anyway, you're never going to get through this. We have like 10 minutes left. Stop no.
1: talking about your friends
0: and tell I'm us about the fucking race. race. I'm talking about lining up for the porta potty. Anyway, so yeah, everyone goes really hard at the start um which usually I don't really get caught up in. And I sort of was trying not to, but like was just kind of watching. In fact, that like a lot of people put up their hand to say it was their first Hunter Miler. I was like, oh, this is funny. So basically I made it the song in my head for all of Friday being like, there's going to be lots of carnage. There's going to be lots of carnage, but I don't know if there was a lot of carnage or I didn't see it because people were fucking hauling. And so I come into the first or the, when I saw Ellie, the first aid, um, Oh, it was really cool seeing Ellie at the start. Sorry, this is like another start story. I saw Ellie, who I used to run at BFAC with in Vancouver. And I was wearing my BFAC hoodie, my Vancouver Falcons hoodie. And Katie pulls up in my van and Ellie's like, who are you dropping off? And she's like, oh, her. And Ellie's like, what? I was just messaging yesterday. What the fuck? Like, okay. Anyway, so Ellie was going to be at 7th. So I saw Ellie at like, I don't know how many miles in. But early on, I saw her at 7th Heaven. And I was getting a little bit caught up with like how fast people had started. Um, But I was like, Ellie, can you just like tell me it's like riding a bike? And she's like, okay, it's like riding a bike, Tori, like whatever. And then, I don't know, I was just getting really caught up at how fast people were starting. And I could tell that all of Friday, my breathing was quite like heavier than I thought it would be. Um, But I was like, okay, I'm either gonna crash and burn or like sustain this. I don't even know. Um, but it was actually fine. It only just hurt my throat because by Friday night it was smoky, but we couldn't tell. So then it was like heavy breathing all day Friday. And then a little bit of smoke with the sore throat. And then, yeah, just got really phlegmy and sore throat the next day, but not a big deal. It just hurt a lot. Um, yeah. So I just met some amazing men, honestly, like I'm really impressed and I loved how strong and incredible the men I got to run with were like, I'm really impressed with the men's race. And I, that sounds like I'm being a condescending dickwad, but like, I don't know. There's some really solid, strong, humble men. And I actually forgot. Yeah. Kind of like the humility of a lot of the hundred mile men. Cause like even this the first like couple waves of men, like, yeah, just, you know, when you're like not intentionally running with someone, but you're not, not running with them. And then you kind of just play cat and mouse for a lot of it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I got to do that with this guy, Ross, that had, like, one hand that was, like, taped. Um, so he had one pole and, like, I don't know. I just met this guy from Winnipeg named Aaron and um, going in the day over the bunts. And then I was with Ross over the nighttime in the bunts. And um, I'm not explaining this in a very, like, chronological way. But, yeah, I was, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, just, we had a good group going before. Um, so the Jane Lakes area. So the thing about doing even with doing so much familiarity in the route and the course that actually ended up being super enjoyable. There was this one section, the Jane Lake section that I'd actually never been and seen, even though I've trained and lived and see this guy in Whistler for a long time, like my whole life. And this area by check is called Jane lakes. We had this really cool group going when it started to become dusk and the full moon on the lakes at Jane lakes was just incredible. And so it was like me, Mary Evan, like just this wonderful group of men, like that were just, you know what you can tell that these men are super strong and fast. And they are, and they just look really calm. You can't really tell they're racing 100 Miler, but they're also doing really well. Even and then they would even pull over and like take the time to take a photo. And they were just lovely. So we had great time with them. Um um yeah, I got to like meet some really awesome people and like kind of connect with people I hadn't seen in a long time during the race and Um, one thing I kind of (laughs) regret, I feel like I'm just ranting, is like, I forgot that I get like, I'm really competitive with myself. And that kind of scares me. So I was quite nervous going into it. Um, And I had a conversation with Alicia before on the phone. To be like, well, because your training wasn't super structured, like you actually have no reason to have expectations, but you kind of do because you've done this before. Just a quick break to
1: hear from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to us by AG1 from Athletic Greens. So you guys know I've been using AG1 for quite a while now, and I have listed the improvements that I'm finding. But the number one thing I think is recovery. And I do believe that's partly because it's improving my sleep quality. And it is something that actually tastes good. So I'm doing it every day. And the problem with having all of the supplements and trying to nitpick what exactly I needed on a certain day, I ended up just getting annoyed and not taking any of them. So this product is so easy. It's just one scoop of the greens powder and a cold glass of water every morning. Because of the simplicity and the fact that it does taste good, I look forward to it and I'm absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. So it's just something I don't think about. It's supporting my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, energy, and my focus. So I've actually given a few of the travel packs to my brother to try and to my husband. And they both have multiple children. I mean, are my husband's children my children? Yes. But he's got three. I have two stepdaughters, if you didn't know that. And my brother's got two small children. And they both have very busy lifestyles. And it was the same thing. A cupboard full of supplements now into one easy thing. And they are now purchasing their own because it is such a simple investment that costs less than your latte every day. So if you order now, you're actually going to get free travel packs too, which I found really helpful if you are taking with you on your way to a race, anything like that. It is totally lifestyle friendly. So I have vegan friends, paleo friends, keto friends, and I am dairy free and gluten free and it's fine for all of us. There's one less than one gram of sugar per day. And... Thousands of reviews online. So don't just take my word for it. Go check those out They also are doing some cool things. I just learned for every purchase They donate to organizations that help to get nutrition foods to kids in need including the no kid hungry um, Which is in the US so I do love that So right now to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. That's athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I get it too, because I had the same thing where I'm like, I can't really have expectations because I trained for the bulk of the biggest training block in Europe on flat, flat roads. But still had a lot of miles and you didn't have specific structure, but it's a hundred mile training. So you're not really going to have specific structure. It's just going to be a lot of miles kind of anyway. So it's like, you know, you're experienced enough plus fit enough to do well, even if it wasn't a focused goal. So yeah, go both ways, I guess. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So I remember being like, Alicia, like I'm so fucking nervous. Like this is ridiculous. Like, why am I so nervous? It's because well, one, this shit matters to us. It doesn't matter in the sense that we care how well we do in comparison, it matters to us because like you have to have your heart in something to do something that's dumb. If you're going to do something as dumb as a hundred milers, like your heart and like soul to be cliche has to be into it. And so you're nervous because you care and you're nervous because you know how much it's going to hurt because you've done it before. And so I was so fucking nervous. And She was like, actually I kind of like those races where like you don't have a reason to have expectations. And so she kind of tried to talk me off down from the ledge and then, I was still really nervous. Like that feeling of like, Oh, this is why I don't like racing. I want to barf. And then once you start, it's fine. Like the nerves kind of like ease themselves up and you can only control what you can control. And in a hundred mile race, I, I, you know, you realize that there's so many factors and variables that you can't control. And then it's basically, you have to manage what you can and you just stay really present. And I forgot that I was actually pretty good at that. And then it's kind of like the best manager wins in a way. Like if you can kind of manage things and realize and even manage like the uncontrollable things like the weather. And we were so lucky with weather, like luckier than you guys on the Saturday. Cause it got so fucking hot, but like Friday was the most perfect weather. Friday night was perfect. Like there were some cold moments at night, but it was nothing what I thought it would be. And yeah, like, having very limited crew access and like I've never done a hundred miler with no pacers. I actually kind of liked it cause it kind of kept me really focused. And so yeah, I just stayed really focused, which I'm quite proud of. And then um, I also just a little bit regret. Um, I was looking at some videos. My sister had of me going through eight stations. <laughs> I was like, I really need to work on not being a monster because sometimes I get super focused and I get like, okay, I don't want to waste time at the A stations. Like, I'm doing this in this task, like focused. And like, there's some videos of me get Carly filmed. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I'm such a monster. Like, anyway, I'm not that like person that's like, oh, hi, everyone, blah, 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 blah. Cause like, there's only so many crew access spots. And like, the last one was kind of ugly. Tara Berry fucking surprised me with Timbits. She drove up at five in the morning from Squamish to see me at 138K before my last 22K. And I was like, what the fuck? And then she waited around all day for me to finish, which took me the last 22 K took me seven and a half hours. Like I couldn't really move or speak or smile, but it was really, really cool. seeing all the 25 Kers and you guys. And I feel like I'm just ranting and like, you're not really interjecting. Well,
1: because you are ranting, but you don't take a lot of breaths either. So there's not a lot of interjecting possible, okay. but you're making sense. And it's kind of fun to just hear a brain dump post 100 miler of trying to like hash it out. You're making sense. Thank you. Does that make sense? Like, that's kind of, no. I, <laughs> I mean, you're making some sense, but I'm following. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some specific questions because we are going to run out of time here in the middle of your brain dump. What was the worst physical pain thing that
0: happened to you, whether it be toes, body, anything? What happened? yeah so you know that it's gonna fucking hurt and that's partly why you're nervous so yeah so my throat and then your whole my whole body was just everything shut off which is normal like after 138k so the last 22k I forget how much climbing that would have been but the last 22k to go up and over black home right when I saw you guys the biggest highlight was seeing you guys we can get into that in a bit but um yeah so I was going up a scent trail again and then And then I get to the top and Jeff and Audrey were amazing. I didn't know they would be there and they knew to text Jeff how I was doing. They knew all the things. And at this point I didn't really care how I was doing. I didn't know where I was, how I was doing. Like my crew had not told me how I was doing, like in terms of placement. um, Jeff told Danny and Carly not to tell me where I was when they saw me at 138K. So I saw them for the last time at 138K, went up, saw Jeff and Audrey at the top, kind of near the top of Ascent. Um, It was quite cold because it was like, in the early in the morning on Saturday morning after you guys had just started. And Jeff knew like Jeff Peltate knew like he looked what he looked at me and he like knew what to say. And it was perfect because like he just knew that I wasn't really moving. I wasn't even walking. Like I could barely move. And my throat was so sore at that point. I couldn't really talk and I couldn't smile because my lips were so dry. So like it was so good because you kept seeing all these other razors and you want to like, I kept saying, good job, good job. But I couldn't really smile and say good job. I just could get the words. Good job. And, uh, or Jeff starts walking with me up on back home and he's like, okay, um, just so you know, like, you're not really being chased, like, the person behind you is 90 minutes behind you, and I was like, oh, Mariev, he's like, no, Mary Mary,'ve dropped, and I was like, oh my god, is she okay, and he's like, you're not worrying about, don't worry about Mary right now, like, this is what you need to do, and you just, like, kind of kept me focused, because he could tell I wasn't moving, like, I wasn't even walking, I could barely walk, so basically it took me seven and a half hours to get through that part, um, because Decker is like when your feet are super like swollen at that point, like it's just rocky and technical and hurts your feet. Um so all the normal things that happen at that stage of a hundred miler like were happening. Um, but it's after the decker part, the last 9K are just like my jam. It's very runnable gravel, you know, stuff. And I saw Jeff and Audrey again and she's like, oh, 9K. And the Decker volunteer an hour before it said it was 10K left. And I was like, no. Anyway. Mentally, that last 9K was pretty bad. But honestly, things were managed very well up until that. And if the last 9K of your 100 miler isn't fucking shit, then I don't know if you ran 100 miler. So it's pretty normal. I'm also really excited for, and I've said this many times, like I'm really excited for someone, you know, super fast and strong. Like not to downplay this at all, but like I know like that is very 26, very, very doable, 26, 29 hours on that course. Um, and so I'd love to see someone just like get a really, really fast time on that course. And the other cool thing about doing something local is that if I'm ever motivated to do it again, you kind of have this little bit of a benchmark, um, because I know it's, it's not like, I mean, nothing ever goes to plan in on a hundred mile race. That's part of the fun. um, But it's kind of fun being like, oh, maybe I could train on the course because I never did that. And I know like Tara Holland and Maria have trained a lot on that course. And the other reason I was super nervous was because usually I'm running with my friends so much. I have an idea of my fitness and I have an idea of like how strong I am. But I was so fucking nervous because I knew I was mentally strong and I knew I was physically my endurance was fine, totally fine. But I had no idea how fit I was. And I, I don't even know if hundred Miler is like an indicator of how fit someone is because I think it's just a stupid distance, but it's, I was so nervous because I didn't know how fit I was on a start line. So that was a weird feeling.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But like you said, it is such a, um, what's the word that- I'm looking for? Uh manager- managing problems trying to figure out solutions and that like yeah yeah like your fitness is a thing but even preventing like Linda's things. experience was so um like vital for other people because she was just helping other people a lot
0: as she does um right yep. so so much of it is like preventing it's like preventing yeah. things that you can control kind of thing and then making sure that like yeah, and that's why I don't actually, like, I listen to music on every single training run, and I don't, I've never raced with music ever, and I think it's because, like, I th- think it's because I just want to be present, and it's easier to be present when you're not, you know, faffing with Hanson on your music. And so, um, Katie was funny, because I saw her at base two at 30 in, and everyone was just fucking hauling, going so fast, and Katie goes, you're totally fine, because the the woman, she goes... <laughs> The woman in front of you just—she sat down here. Like you're, you're gonna like—it's totally fine because the girl sat down and I look at her. I go, "That's called fitness." I said, "Katie, if you can sit at an aid station. You have time. I don't have time. I'm not f- like—that's because she has fitness." Yeah. <laughs> Katie so hard. But it makes yeah, she's fit enough to sit. Yeah, she, yeah just, just like, I can't fucking waste time in these fucking yeah, aid
1: Oh, that's so funny. It is like during the race when we could see the 100 milers uh, during the whole race, we saw 100 milers. It was so easy to be like, never in my life will I do the 100 miler of this course because I know that I have another 30K of the 100K version and that feels like enough. And probably three days later, Tara was like, should we do
0: the 100 miler next year? And I was like, yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, it's funny how yeah. much it switches to be like, ooh, enticing. But it's also because, like, if I was in the 100K, that would be enough. If I was in the 50K, that would be enough. Like, your your mind and your body kind of yeah. work together to give you what you need. Like, of course, if you're going at the effort to, to do the effort you need at the 100K, like, that's going to be enough. And if it's not, then you didn't do your best.
1: For sure. Yeah, right? Like... Uh, somebody said the other day that only has run a fit only has run a fifty. That as longest as race is a fifty. Was like I can't even imagine doing another fifty k. And I was like, well, yeah, because you, you're going too fast. Because at the end of a five k, guess what? I'm not doing
0: Single <laughs> more step. <snap. laughs> it's so true. Yeah.
1: So okay, before we finish up, what was your favorite? Well, we know what your favorite moment was
0: we haven't even talked about our favorite moment yeah so my favorite moment was so after i saw jeff and audrey at like a fuck i don't know 145k maybe 100 something um the last 22k after i saw jeff and audrey um i was going towards seventh heaven aid station and then we had written off because we had kind of chatted before and we were kind of like I don't think we're going to we thought we could see each other and then we kind of I had written it off in my head that I would not see any of you during your 100k race. Like I what about you? Had you done the same?
1: No, I we looked at the map
0: and we're like we'll we'll see you for sure. Cuz I thought you were like, oh, if you're not doing really really well, if you're like you're really really far back, we we might see you. And I was like, "Oh, I'm not, I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to see you." <laughs> No, we, we
1: knew that we would see you unless you were on the Decker loop and we were too.
0: Oh, I thought we were. Anyway, so I told myself I'm not seeing you. So then you guys are leaving 7th Heaven. We're on the service road to Home, I'm coming towards you. And it was just the most magical, like we're all screaming and we're crying with all these happy tears. And another reason, like, okay, all of you guys are in this moment with, we're all in this moment with each other, partly because it's one of those local things. I also thought the three of you were the bravest people in the whole world. Cause I don't know if I could race my friends, I would be so scared and so nervous to like race the people that you train with and stuff. I'd find that like, I just thought you guys were so brave. Um, but it was just, none of that mattered. Like we were just so happy for each other and stoked and like crying and yeah, that was amazing. I had no, we, it was funny. We were talking about it. We were racing for
1: the three of us against the field and we both do like I'm 100 I'm serious. We're like, we don't want to, we don't want to say this out loud, but like, let's work together and see if we can get the three of us up there. And we knew it would be that Katie would be fine, and I was like, if I can be within an hour and a half of you, I'm good. Like <laughs> that was my goal. That was my A goal. An hour and a half of Katie. And our our B goal was we have to be under 17 hours or Tori's going to be real smug that her first 100K was 17 hours. <laughs> Which I don't know if anybody told you. And then, yeah, our third Wait, my was, first 100K?
0: What do you mean, my first 100K?
1: Your first 100K, you were at 100K at 17 hours. And we were like, fuck, the bar is set. What 100K was that? <laughs> the first 100K of your race.
0: Oh, I, I would have not even gone there. Honestly, I wouldn't have even looked at that.
1: So we spent a good amount of time being like, okay, but the elevation of the first hundred K of the Hundred Mile is not equivalent to the actual hundred K race. So like it, that gives us a little extra buffer. And
0: we <laughs> <laughs> guys had some stats coming out. Yeah,
1: but what else are you gonna do? We're like, what are we gonna yeah, talk How about this? Bring all the math.
0: Um, yeah. And
1: then Tara and I were like, okay, let's work together. So we did um for a long time. And we were just like, let's find out where 4th is and then get each other to keep going. And it was was 4th for you guys. We found her at 70K that we were about two hours ahead. So Tara was like, okay, this is where I'm going to fix my stomach. And I was like, okay, I'll see you at the finish. But there was 50 to 70K. Her and I were together discussing like
0: how to not barf and get the two of us out there. (laughs) So it was really fun. So 4th was, sorry, two hours behind you at that point? Yeah. Who was it? Mod. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And for some reason, and I said this to Tara, I was like, I am a very competitive person, but I'm not competitive against Tara. Like I really, because of everything that went for her to get to that race, I was like, I just want you to be on the podium and I don't care if it's second or third or where I am on it. Um, And that is a, that's a weird feeling for me. And like, I really honestly would have been
0: equally as fine Either way, I was just stoked for her, um, which is cool. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you like, it's like a respect thing. It was like, yeah, it's like at Waldo. And I was like, I'm going to bow down to the queen. I will not pass her. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Years later, I'm like, why the fuck didn't I try to chase the queen? <laughs> well, know. yeah. Right. Like, it's weird. Katie's yeah. like, oh, I thought you were going to come after me. I was like, it never crossed my mind. <laughs> It's somebody gets Katie. It was like, "Yeah, the dealer is fucking chasing me." You're like, "No, I wasn't. Yeah. I was
1: like, not even, not even." I was like, "Oh, cool. I'm just gonna hang out here in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> hang out here
0: in the middle." Fuck, yeah. I really want to know who that guy was that said it to you, though, at the start. Oh, uh, maybe he will eventually
1: hear this and come out
0: to. Also, all day Friday. This is like a random funny story because there's so much funny shit that goes down on a miler when I'm not like being a monster at aid stations, but um, going up singing pass. On, I don't know, Friday evening with no, I don't even know, Friday afternoon. um I would meet these people and they're like, Oh, are you? T-? This one guy at the start was like, Are you Tosho? And Katie almost fucking fell over dying, laughing. And then during the race, like, Oh, are you Tory? And I'm like, Yeah, it was like so nice. And then someone's like, Oh, are you the Spring Energy Girl? And I was like, No, but I can be. And then I are going up singing Pass and Ryan Shepard, who I'd written an article on when I wrote for the magazine, was like, Oh my God, you're Tory. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're Nick Jarvis's friend. And then um, we had some miles up singing pass together and it was so lovely. But the first thing he said to me was like, are you Tori?" He's like, about that start. and I'm like, thank you. And I was basically trying to get, like, I was trying to get people like all day long. I'm like, about that start. And like, no one was really like bantering back with me. And then finally Ryan Shepard going up singing pass, about that start. I'm like, for fuck's sake. I was like, finally someone gets it. I was like, Ryan, what was that? He's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> The sprint, the sprint takeoff. You got to get your spot, right? I felt so validated finally when he said that. I was like, yes.
1: Anyway. Okay, we have to wrap up. I have a work meeting in three minutes. So the listeners want to know, what is next for Tosho, the spring energy girl?
0: <laughs> I think like a few different spring energy girl. Yes, yeah, if spring energy, if you're, I would, if you're listening, I would love some free calories anyway. Um, so... I don't know. A few days later, I was looking at a road marathon in Ventura, California on Valentine and like family day weekend next year. And then every time I, I want to do another road race and get fast, but then every time I do road speed work, I either get injured or I just fucking hate it. And so I know that you and Katie like could do it together. And like, I don't know if I'd be motivated to do like speed work on my own. I don't know what's next. Um, maybe, maybe getting pregnant. I don't know. Like, um, part of me is like, yeah, I could just get pregnant now. And part of me is like, you know, yeah, the, I don't know. I find the fall and the winter, I don't know. Like, all my ski friends were almost pretty much pregnant this winter, and I'm back on the mainland ready to ski, and they're all pregnant. So either I join them I or I think of another goal because, not because, like, yeah, so I'll do some ski touring in the Duffy, and I'll, um, when I feel like running again, maybe do more like fast twitch stuff. but. I don't know. History tells me that it's not always the best thing. So I actually I actually don't know. Um I would love to do like um yeah, some long, like long routes and trails next summer, but that's next summer. So I actually don't know. I've entertained the idea of a marathon in the winter, but I don't know. What about you?
1: I'm exactly the same. Like if you can't beat them, join them. So I'm just waiting to see if I have any friends. It's too bad that we're the farthest apart from each other because we're the only
0: ones yeah. that are maybe not pregnant. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, I moved to the Jeffy, just gave their friends to the Jeffy, and then they're all pregnant. And it's so funny because like a few weeks before Wham!, I was like, okay, I need to plan ski touring buddies. Like, I just need like one or two days a week where I can like go, blah, blah, And I'm learning some people in Lilouette will ski tour. And then so my old buddy Cyrus was like, literally like email Wilf, like Wilf's the guy with the grind record. That I've written an article on and met a couple of times. So I emailed him and I was like, Hey, he's like, Of course I remember you, I'm not that old. So he just moved to Pemberton. And I was like, Oh, like if you ever want some mellow, but he ski tours with like the gnarly shit people. I was like, You ever want some like mellow ski tour, buddies. like, everyone's pregnant, I'd love to like meet up with you. And I was like, Will's like too cool for me. He's like a six-year-old dude. He's just too cool. And then he was like, Yeah, for sure. And I was like, Okay. And then like a week later, he's like, You just won fucking wham? And I was like, Yeah, I'm trying to get fit to ski with you, well So maybe <laughs> willful want to ski with me because i've got some cred
1: <laughs> oh that's a really great reason to do a 100 mile race and do well so that i love
0: that he have, me. Like, anybody will hang out with me now yeah now i can get the old guy to ski with me so oh that's amazing um okay
1: we gotta go i gotta wrap up i gotta i gotta call on here but i'm stoked to get this out um if our listeners okay. were on to find like nothing that you posted about the race where can they find you <laughs>
0: Oh, I just did. Danny just posted a story about me in the wheelchair this morning, which was funny.
1: Um, Oh, great. And that'll be the image that we use for this. uh,
0: No. (laughs) Um, At Tosho, uh, T-O underscore S-C-H-O. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it right now.
1: Okay, amazing. Well, congrats again. And uh, yeah, we'll see when you do hard rock.